with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus and his disciples left from there and began a journey through Galilee. But he did not wish anyone to know about it. He was teaching his disciples and telling them, The Son of Man is to be handed over to men, and they will kill him. And three days after his death, the Son of Man will rise. But they did not understand the saying, and they were afraid to question him. They came to Capernaum, and once inside the house, he began to ask them, What were you arguing about on the way? But they remained silent. They had been discussing among themselves on the way who was the greatest. Then he sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, If anyone wishes to be first, he shall be the last of all and the servant of all. Taking a child, he placed it in their midst, and putting his arms around it, he said to them, Whoever receives one child such as this in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives not me, but the one who sent me. The Gospel. In recent years, there has been a noticeable decline in viewers for pretty much every award show that is out there. Most recently, the Emmy Awards had their their worst ratings, I think, ever. And there's probably a a lot of reasons that people aren't tuning in as much nowadays. In years past, when there were fewer viewing options, it was more of an event. Now, if you're interested in seeing maybe a specific performer perform something on an awards show, You don't have to sit through all the numerous categories and commercials that you don't care about. You can just wait and see it online whenever you want. And some might not be tuning in because maybe their favorite show, their favorite movie, or actor or actress was snubbed. And sadly, in an already politicized and divided country, or even world for that matter, many people have stopped because they're turned off by a lot of the monologues or speeches that are presented by presenters or or winners at these different events, which is why it was interesting that one actor's recent award speech really went viral for none of the usual reasons that we're used to these days. Chris Pratt, who you might remember, I loved him when he was on Parks and Recreation, that television show, was honored with the 2018 Generation Award at the MTV Music Awards back in June which is kind of their Lifetime Achievement Award. And being MTV, you probably wouldn't be shocked. A lot of the names were pretty popular actors and actresses that appealed to the the younger generations. But in a day and age where award shows are in decline and that people opt to be outrageous in order to be noticed, Chris Pratt went in a very different way. He started out simply and humbly expressing his his thanks and appreciation to the presenters, his love for his friends, colleagues, and families. And they're very tongue-in-cheek. He explained that being a Generation Award recipient meant he had a responsibility as the elder 
to speak to the next generation. So he came up with Chris Pratt's nine simple rules for life. And this list went all over the place from things that were stupid and funny, like bathroom etiquette, to how do you give your dog medication, to simply good habits for life where he said bluntly to them, don't be a jerk. If you're strong, be a protector. If you're smart, be a humble influencer. And then he explains strength and intelligence can be weapons, so do not wield them against the weak. That makes you a bully. Be bigger than that. But the ones that really stood out for me, peppered throughout his list, were amazingly beautiful and devout insights, like you have a soul, be careful with it. God is real, God loves you, God wants the best for you. Believe that, I do. Learn to pray. It's easy and it's good for your soul. To the final religious rule, which was also his last of the nine, and he said, nobody is perfect. People will tell you that you are perfect just the way you are, you are not. You are imperfect. You always will be. But there is a powerful force that designed you that way. And if you are willing to accept that, you will have grace. And grace is a gift. Like the freedom that we enjoy in this country, that grace was paid for with somebody else's blood. Which here he's talking about Jesus Christ, by the way. And he said, do not forget that. Don't take that for granted. I'm sure I'm not doing it justice because just seeing and hearing him speaking about these, these things that obviously meant a great deal to him that he not only wanted to share with all the millions of people that were watching this on MTV and this next generation, but as he said at the very beginning, most especially to his five-year-old son, was moving because it was humble, it was sincere, it was inspiring. Sadly, we seem to see less and less inspiring things lately. Chris Pratt took this moment where he was in the spotlight before millions who would watch this live and countless more online to remind us what's most important. God is real. God loves you. God wants the best for you. That we matter to him so much so that Jesus laid down his life for us. Those are truths that sadly are so often unknown by too many or ignored by many more or even worse, forgotten by those who should be spending their lives proclaiming that. The human desire is within us that makes us want to be noticed or want our lives to mean something or want there to be a reason that we're here when left unchecked. Don't leave room or or space for us to acknowledge our dependence on God, our need for him, which is what we see is happening with the disciples in today's gospel. Here Jesus lays out what to expect when they head back to Jerusalem. Once again, he says to them, once I'm there, they're going to turn on me. They're going to persecute, they're going to torture me, and then they're going to kill me. And after hearing that, Their reaction after a moment of fear and confusion among these who were his closest 12, 
is who's more important? Who is Jesus's favorite? Maybe they remembered what happened last week where it seemed that Peter was the greatest of the 12 and then until he argued with Jesus about that whole suffering and dying thing and Jesus called him Satan. So maybe they see there as a window of opportunity for them to become the new favorite. I'm often curious though, what, what did they think that was gonna mean for them? I mean, he just said all this pretty horrific stuff was gonna happen to him. What would possess you to wanna be the next in line? I mean, are they that delusional? Are their ambitions, their desire for fame, for prestige, for honor, that severe that they think that they'll have a better handle on things than Jesus did? That even if that scary stuff does happen to Jesus as he's predicting, they'll write things after that? Jealousy can do that to people, can make them delusional, make their ambitions spiral out of control. Maybe they think that they're better than God himself. That's what St. James is warning about in that second reading we heard. He says, where jealousy and selfish ambition exists, there's disorder in every foul practice. And then he asks, where do the wars and where do the conflicts among you come from? Is it not from passions that make war within your members? We could probably think of multiple examples of that in our world, in our nation, even in our own families, and maybe even in our own lives. We could see that in the church with the clergy sex abuse scandal and all the cover-ups. In that, some of those who were supposed to dedicate their lives to proclaiming the gospel, not just with their words, but with their entire lives, allowed all kinds of ambition and jealousy and disordered desires and abuses to occur. They let their human desires not only go unchecked, but they denied and undermined the cross of Jesus Christ. This past Tuesday night, we had had a, a town hall discussion about all this at our, our Newman Center at Montclair State. And just speaking about all this with college students, what was heartbreaking, heart-wrenching, having to share with some of them who might not have been familiar with the news about the, the gross failures that we've learned about, fearing the ones we've yet to hear about, recognizing the cruel evil that's been perpetrated on innocent people, the victims who suffered them and have suffered even more as they were silenced or not believed or ignored or treated as a scapegoat, as well as all the, the good people of God who didn't know or couldn't have believed that these things happened in our church. There's just been a, a lot of sadness, a lot of brokenness to process, and it can leave a lot of us feeling utterly defeated. But there are signs of hope. For one, you're all here today, which thank you for that, and thank God for that. That's a sign of hope. And for me, that these, these students came to that discussion, and even more after that, they, they came to our mini retreat that we had over the weekend. They're signing up for outreaches to, to help the, the homeless or go on a mission trip. To hearing it and reading testimonies from people who are, are using this scandal not as a reason for them to give up their faith, but seeing as a call that they have to pursue holiness even more courageously than they ever did before. 
is hopeful. It's awe-inspiring. All of these examples probably won't get that same type of notoriety or attention like a celebrity like Chris Pratt did on an MTV Music Awards. But we need all these types of examples and witnesses which basically say and recognize that awards tarnish. Lists of honorees might end up one day on, online on Wikipedia at best. True greatness is found in the lives that are transformed as we follow Jesus' mandate to be a true servant to everyone we encounter. I believe in one God, Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth.